West Point graduate, Army veteran, and serial entrepreneur Noble Gibbons is up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. May is Military Appreciation Month, and now more than ever, we want to say thank you. Join Navy Federal Credit Union in thanking service members during Military Appreciation Month. Show your appreciation with tweets, posts, captions, and letters using hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. All right, today we're talking with Noble Gibbons, Army veteran. Hey, Noble, you got some phenomenal stories, uh, serial entrepreneur, 10 different startups you've been involved in in one way or another, lots of failures, good failures to talk about. We love talking about failure. Before we get to talking about all that, why don't you take us back and tell us what you did in the Army? Big Joe, thanks for having me, man. I totally appreciate it. <laughs> Feel the energy. <laughs> Talking to a high-speed aviator, man. That's awesome. So <laughs> That's a helicopter uh, so, pilot. I'm a slow-speed aviator. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But, but still bad as a bone. Airwolf was one of my favorite shows growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Man, you, you're dating yourself there. Oh, that's old school. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm run DMC old, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I, I started out in the 82nd. I went, you know, did all my uh, – after West Point, I went to, of course, uh, Fort Benning and did all airborne school, infantry officer basic course and uh, ranger school. And then I came to Fort Bragg, you know, way back in the day and was blessed to serve had some amazing leadership from Jump Street. And it's been really interesting after, you know, heck, I've been out for almost 20 years now. And it's been fascinating to hear, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Many of my buddies have had great experiences like me. I would say an equal number have not had been blessed with being exposed to some amazing leadership. But um, anyways, infantry officer uh, in the 82nd, rifle platoon leader, scout platoon leader, uh, brigade air uh, air officer in, in second brigade three two five, and then my last year I was a staff puke up at 18th Airborne Corps headquarters. <laughs> one of the the many minions of captains up there that are serving coffee and cream to colonels. Do <laughs> 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 <Your> PowerPoint slides. <laughs> Doesn't matter how high you get, you're always serving coffee to somebody, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, hey, well. Um, phenomenal career in the army. So, um, what, what year time frame was it when you were getting out? And, uh, just to put that in perspective, not trying yeah, to date so, you here, but, uh, and, and what was that like for you? Did you have a plan? Did you just walk out blindly? And then, you know, what, when did you start getting punched in the face? No, go, great question. So, so I started getting punched in the face at West Point, man. <laughs> that's why that's why veterans make such great entrepreneurs. We're used to getting punched in the face all day long. Yeah, that's right. No, that's honestly, I, I really think that's there's a lot of truth behind that. I mean, at, at West Point, I tell people I graduated at the top, bottom third of my class, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I, I was, you know, I, I was uh, definitely you know did a lot of trusting in God during my my four years at school there because. <laughs> You know, a lot of my classmates were super smart folks and stuff, but uh, unfortunately, I was—I I had to make up for my lack of IQ with with work ethic and that kind of thing. And so, I, I would tell—in fact, one, one of my classmates, he was a 
he he would he would get back from a you know these four hour four hour exams that we would have called tournament exams and, and he would be all bummed out and I'm like well, dude well how'd you do he's like well man I I got a ninety eight percent right <laughs> and so yeah. he'd be all bummed out and I'd be I'd be doing cheetah flips all excited he's like well man how did you do you you seem all happy I said dude I got a I got a high fantastic you know I got sixty eight you know <laughs> I, got a, yeah. I passed <laughs> that's right but it goes into your question though is you know for me. I really, and honestly, at West Point, I had to change my view of failure because, you know, high school, I mean, all the way through through high school, I was a smart kid, you know, got good grades, A's, stuff like that. But at West Point, completely, really started to, to, to have a different experience on my on my grades and that kind of thing. And so I had to literally reframe failure literally at, at West Point and realize, okay, look, just my bean power, whatever, this is, this is where I'm at and I, I'm fine with it. I've just got to fight through it. And, and really that, that kind of set the, um, the tone kind of initially for jumping in and into business. So then I, you know, of course get, get in the 82nd and, um, you know, I'm a big guy, so I was never the five minute mile guy. I was, mm-hmm. I could, I could, I could ruck a lot. I could, I could ruck with heavy, you know, Ranger school. I carried this, the, this is another old school M60, which is now the 240, but, mm. uh, you know, car- carried a lot of weight, that kind of thing, but but it was not a fast guy. So for me, I had a lot of opportunities to redefine success and redefine failure. And especially again, you know, when we started to have conversations, my wife and I about, man, you want to own a business? What kind of business? That kind of thing. I really had to, had to really reframe failure because as you know, Joe, as an entrepreneur, fa- this is how I like to view it now. I mean, in fact, I was, I'm so into failure that my kid, we have a daughter who's 12. We homeschool with a program called Classical Conversations. And one of the things we do is I tell my daughter almost every day, Elena, how did you fail today? Right. And if she can't give me an answer, then we have to go at fail, fail at something. And, and, and we celebrate failure. And then, and then, okay, so now we failed at something. Okay, what did you learn? What did you learn by failing? Like what I want to, for me, in our family, in our house, an entrepreneur house, it's, it's professor failure. Failure is a tool to, 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 to maximize not something to be avoided. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, you, you're basically teaching teaching your kids not to be scared of failure. And really, I think in, in our typical school system, failure is always looked down upon because failure means you didn't you didn't perform up to standard in the classroom, and that's that's most of our frame of reference. But when it comes to life and business, you have to go out and fail to figure out what's going to work. Joe, one hundred percent, and 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 you brought it up. So this is I'm super passionate about this. This is one of the reasons, honestly, one of the biggest reasons that we chose a homeschool is because I wanted to teach my kid how to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, and, and I don't care how fancy your school is, how private your school is in America, th- they don't teach entrepreneurship to five-year-olds. And and so I wanted to teach my kid how to be an entrepreneur. What better way to do that than from her parents who are serial entrepreneurs? And so that and, and you're exactly right. In in our in our American education system, and K through 16, if you go on to college, if you get an F, that is inherently a bad thing, right? You're grounded, Joe, because you got an F in math or whatever. Get your grades up. You can't do anything fun until you get your grades up. And for us, I, I did not want my kid to be exposed to that version of, of failure because that is, you know, in, in K through 12th grade, it's 14,400 hours of programming that failure is a bad thing. And I didn't want my kid exposed to 14,400 hours of failure being a bad thing. I wanted to, I wanted the reverse. I wanted to celebrate failure and for her to not be paralyzed by it. Like I, like I was, which was one of the big hurdles that I had overcome transitioning from the military into business. 
And so at what, at what point did you come up with this mentality and believe in it so much that you were willing to basically homeschool your kids over it and actually infuse it in, in your daily life? Great, great question, Joe. So early on, I met a guy, uh, another West Point grad, uh, doing very, very, very successful in all three financial types. He he had fin- he had uh, investments, very successful investor, very successful entrepreneur, very successful real estate guy. He had all three types of income in his portfolio, and, and total control over his time and money. And I'm like, man, I'd never met anybody like that before. He turned me on to this guy, Robert Kiyosaki, which I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are familiar with, Rich Dad oh, yeah. Poor Dad. And you know, and I've read a bunch of his books. One of my favorite books actually is called Why A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his books. That is one of the I titles. It's one that. of my favorite books. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. He was actually a uh, Marine Huey pilot in Vietnam yes. right at the tail end. Yes. Amazing. And I, I like him. And there's tons of great authors out there, a lot of great business books, entrepreneurship books out there. For, but for me, that's what once like once I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it was like I realized that that so many of us are in the financial matrix. Just, you know, being raised, you know, we've all heard this cheesy quote before, but I'm a cheesy quotes guy. Go to school, get a good job, you know, and, and one day you'll make it. And it's like, well, that it doesn't work. But yet here we are. How many years later, we're all still on the, you know, the corporate treadmill trying to, you know, make, 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 make lemonade out of lemons when our whole thought process, in my opinion, about money and finances for many of us is wrong. A lot of us think we have a finite pie and we can only have, you know, at every piece of the pie we bite, we, we, we diminish the pie. Well, as an entrepreneur, we own a bakery and we can make as many pies as we want to, but that mindset is not, it's not common out there. It's, it's. It's the, it's the, it's the former that we only have one pie versus no, man, we own a bakery. Like how many streams of income do you want? What, you know, what do you want to do with your life? How can you, how can you meet other people's needs by creating a business using the strengths that God's given you to, to make a better impact in this world? Oh man, that's, that's such good stuff, man. Um, I tell you what, uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back and just continue on with this. Hold on just a second. I've been a Navy Federal member for 30 years. That's right. I first signed up for Navy Federal back in 1990. I still have the same checking and savings account that I got back in 1990. Hard to believe it's been that long. But long after being retired from the Marine Corps, I'm still using the same checking and savings account. Matter of fact, my direct deposit goes into that Navy Federal checking account just like it started to do 30 years ago back in 1990. So May is Military Appreciation Month. Navy Federal Credit Union is celebrating with a bunch of special offers on car loans, credit cards, certificates, and more. So join Navy Federal Credit Union in thanking service members during Military Appreciation Month. If you want to show your appreciation, if you got some tweets, posts, captions, or letters, go out there on your social media, your favorite social media platform. Just use the hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks to show your military appreciation during May, Military Appreciation Month. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. For 32 years, there's been a motorcycle demonstration on Memorial Day weekend to raise awareness of the critical issues facing our nation's veterans and demand action for the 82,000 service members missing in action. On May 24, 2020, the tradition will continue through the Rolling to Remember Challenge. For the first time in ride history, We will also demand action for the 22 veterans who die by suicide each day. Due to the COVID-19 health crisis and to protect the safety of the riding community, 
AMVETS announces the Rolling to Remember Ride Challenge in conjunction with Rever, a GPS-based motorcycle app. Right now, you can go to rollingtoremember.com and sign up for the challenge, support ride efforts, get Rolling to Remember branded gear, and more. Again, that's rollingtoremember.com. Continue the tradition with us, and we'll see you in May 2021. All right, we're back talking with Army veteran Noble Gibbons. Hey, Noble, you know, in the break, uh, you and I were talking. Um, I asked you about what what it was like when you transitioned out of the Army, but we we both went down a rabbit hole and never even never even discussed it. I think it was something about getting punched in the face since West Point. So let's go. Let's back up a little bit. Tell us about what it was like when you got out of the Army and what that experience was. So thankfully, I had a a. a a very, I feel like, you know, a, a very successful military career, obviously in the very short time I was in, but there was a, there was a, I came to a fork in the road and literally it was, it was the Morpheus when I met that West Point grad who was very, you know, had multiple streams of income and stuff. And, and he introduced me to Robert Kiyosaki. Well, when, when I read that book and the second, the second one, Cashflow Quadrant, and then again, the other book that I had mentioned too, why A students work for C students, that book, when I read those books, I was like, man, like, why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? And so I came into a, a fork in the road probably when I was a first lieutenant, somewhere in my first lieutenant phase, maybe senior first lieutenant. And, you know, I, I had my, my company commander had come from Ranger Regiment. My battalion commander had come from Ranger Regiment. They had written me a, a officer evaluation report about, hey, this guy would make an a awesome Ranger lieutenant in Ranger Regiment. And that's where I really wanted to go. But I had just started – I actually got started my 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 I wet my business teeth, if you will, in a <laughs> uh, home based business, a, a network marketing business. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I cut my teeth originally. And, and and man, once I I got a taste of like man, what business ownership is and and that kind of thing, it really it really so so I came with this fork in the road, like well, man. I could see what I could do with this business or I could see what I could do obviously in the military, which, you know, I kind of knew I was very familiar with that track, just being in the military for a handful, a few years. And I ultimately made this decision. I knew that if I went Ranger Regiment and pursued my, my career there and, and absolutely not knocking anyone that pursues that direction. But just for me, we, you know, we wanted a family, we wanted kids and stuff. And I just knew that, you know, you go that route, you're going to have, an op tempo that's that's pretty that's pretty pretty steep and not necessarily family conducive and so or i could pursue my own business see what i could do with that and potentially get to a spot where we could start other businesses get control of our finances get control of our time that kind of thing so i chose the latter route and you know within a five-year time period was able to get where you know was was financially independent at age 30 and you know, had a, had a, a good six figure income. And, and, and that really was my first foray into business. And then since then, I, I've, I've been a part of started our, our own um, health and fitness center, our, our two medical imaging centers, one was a mobile medical, medical imaging center, one was a fixed site medical imaging center. Another we uh, government contracting business with special operations guys, uh, speaking engagements, executive coaching, uh, and anyway, a, a lot of different ventures since then, uh, since jumping into that, you know, making that transition into business. Yeah. Okay. So I still think you skipped over it. So was it, was it like you, by the time you got out, you were, you were so heavily running on, on the business side of things 
that getting out for you was almost like, well, all of a sudden the army just wasn't there anymore and you just kept on rolling or yeah, you know, that's when you great, first though. got out, was it like rough at first and then you started figuring it out? No, that's, that's great. Great to dial it in even more. There's no doubt that transitioning from your comfort zone to the unknown is brutal. I don't care mm-hmm. how you slice it. I don't care if you're a neurosurgeon going into cardiology. I don't care if you're in the military transitioning into your own business like, I don't care if you're in the military, because I got tons of friends. All my classmates are getting out right now. Not all of them. A, a lot of them are getting out as as 06s, 05s and 06s, lieutenant colonels and colonels. And it listen, it's not easy. So transitioning from a comfort zone to an unknown is, is absolutely brutal. So my encouragement to people is find a tribe, find a community of other entrepreneurs, other like-minded folks that you can you can learn together like again this this is a great you know veteran on the move joe's podcast and all these other great uh, entrepreneur veteran entrepreneurs that have made that transition there's so much content out there and and i kind of that you know that was one thing that i that i was very intentional about is finding a tribe finding a community jumped into learning about 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 business about entrepreneurship but it wasn't easy man it was you want to talk about walking by faith uh, it, it was not easy. It, it was brutal. A lot of lot of failures, a lot of face plants, a lot of throat punches. <laughs> the, uh, the other piece that I tell entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs is, look, I make this analogy a lot. I, I love watching UFC and, and, and I do jujitsu. My daughter and I do jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. And I, I tell a lot of budding entrepreneurs, look, entrepreneurship is like being a UFC fighter. Even if you're the greatest UFC fighter on the planet, they still get punched in the face. And they don't freak out when they get punched in the face. They don't cry when they get punched in the face. They don't they don't walk out of the ring when they're punched. Like that is a part of the job description. And that's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. Like being an entrepreneur is part of the job description is facing and overcoming obstacles and fear and failure. Like that is a part of the deal. That's awesome, man. That's well put. We're always talking about getting punched in the face as if <clears throat> as if we're once you get skilled enough, you won't get punched in the face anymore. But you know, the fact is, if you're if you're in the arena, getting punched in the face is part of the game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you've been a, a part of a number of different startups. Uh, some of them, probably a lot of them, your own idea. Maybe some of them, you know, partners and things like that. What what's kind of the standard mo of uh, starting something up? I mean. Do, You've been involved in enough of them where you probably start to you probably start to pick up on patterns. You got a list of like ten questions you ask right up front. What when you see an opportunity coming your way, you know what kind of things come to mind when you start talking about evaluating you know future opportunities that you might get involved in. No, that's that's an excellent question. Honestly, one of the biggest things, and this is going to sound like you may be like, dude, where are you going with this? But just trust me. So, so again, our the homeschool program that we use again is called Classical Conversations, and they use a classical approach to to learning. Well, and I didn't know, I didn't even know what that meant, right? Before I was a public school guy, so I had no idea what does that even mean. They have there's this thing called I'm going to use a fancy Latin word. It's going to sound you know fancy pants, but it's called a trivium, which just means. It's Latin for three roads. There's three ways. Well, it's the way that we all learn anything is with these three ways. And it's called the grammar stage, the dialectic stage, and the rhetorical stage. And the, the, the grammar stage is just learning the language where literally it's like you're learning the ABCs. And then and then you start putting some words together. Then you start putting some 
some some phrases together and then sentences and then paragraphs and then chapters and then books, right? That's kind of the, 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 the process. Well, in the dialectic stage, when you start to understand enough of the alphabet and then and enough words, now you start putting words together to where you start where you can start asking questions. Okay, well, what's the relationship between this and this? What's the relationship between that and that? And then you get rhetorical where you can start teaching other people. Like if I ask, if I called you up and said, Hey Joe, can you teach me how to have, have how to have a podcast? You'd be like, dude, all day long, because I've got I've got, you know, I've been doing this for years, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's an example. You would be rhetorical in 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 podcasting, that kind of thing. Well, for me as an entrepreneur, what's been super helpful about understanding this natural progression of how we learn is because, you know, it, it's the whole it's the whole elephant concept, like, well, crap. You know, because again, we've all been trained in our American education system how to be an employee. So it's like we've never learned how to own a business. We don't even know how to think about owning a business. And so so having that thought process, like, okay, man, owning my own business, I want to, I want to own, I want to build this widget, I want to do this service, whatever it is. But where do we even begin, right? Because it's the, it's the elephant, right? Where do I? How do you eat an elephant? Well, knowing this natural progression of learning has helped me out tremendously. Because for me, how I start to evaluate a business is learn. In fact, there's there's actually so we I just started a podcast, my wife and I, literally a month ago, called EQ for Entrepreneurs. Oh, awesome. You know, yeah, emotional intelligence for entrepreneurs, but it's called EQ for entrepreneurs. And we just started a month ago. And, you know, that journey, right? I was over, why didn't I do it five years ago, 10 years ago? Well, it was on my heart. I wanted to do it earlier. But, but there, well, a lot of stuff, a lot of my EQ stuff is why I did not do it further. But one of the, the, the limb facts, limiting factors was it was this big, massive elephant. I don't know how to podcast. I've never podcasted before. So what did I do? I just started to you know, listen to podcasts about podcasting, watch YouTube videos about podcasting so I could start to build my grammar. So I could start to learn the ABCs of podcasting so I could understand the verbiage and language so that if I ever did call up Joe, I wouldn't be wasting his time when he'd be saying, oh, just use Libsyn and, you know, you got to use your RSS feed and which was again, foreign language to me a month ago. But after spending time learning. So again, the podcasting is just one example of, again, it doesn't matter what your business is. There's, there's other businesses we're looking at right now to, to start. And again, it's overwhelming. Oh my gosh, where do I start? It's, I'm just starting at the grammar phase until I can get enough grammar where I can start asking questions about it. Now I can start building my, my, because when you, when you're first starting, you don't even know what questions to ask, right? So, you know, and I guess to, to get specific to your, to your question is what questions do I ask? One of those is, you know, is there a need, right? If, if there's not a need in the marketplace, it doesn't matter if I, you know, I, I, I really love, you know, origami or whatever. And it's like, okay, but if there's not a need for origami, then, then it doesn't matter if you want to do it. If there's no need for it, I, I that would not be a business venture that I would necessarily pursue. Now, <laughs> knowing what you and I know about, you know, Facebook groups and podcasts and reality TV shows, I am convinced that there is a tribe for everyone. <laughs> and there, I am shocked at some of the stuff that people have turned into businesses that I would have been like, dude, you are absolutely wasting your time. So, yeah. but, but, but bottom line is, is there a need right in the marketplace? And then, and then do you have a unique approach? Again, this is another thing too. toothpick, right? Right. The toothpick guy. Oh, there's no way to improve upon the toothpick. Like it's two ends, a little teeny stick. <laughs> you stick it in your, in your grill and right. And you pick out all the bad stuff. Well, Sure enough, who was the guy that put the little floss thing in between, you know, and now that dude's a zillionaire, right? So who who would have thought? But so there's 
you know, is there a way to improve on an idea? Um, where are you frustrated at it? Are, are there areas uh, uh, or services or products that you use that frustrate you that maybe you could come up with a better solution for? So anyway, just, just some things the way I look at any new business venture. Let me learn some grammar. Let me figure out what, what more intelligent questions I can start to ask, you know, before I pull the trigger. Now, that being said, another dynamic about entrepreneurship because, you know, the other part of it is you can also get to where you can do analysis to paralysis. And you don't want to get to that phase either. A lot of times I tell budding entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is very much like jumping off of the cliff and building the parachute on the way down. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I've heard that before, but, the, but there's no, there's really no better way to put it. <laughs> right. That's right. Because yeah, the reality, you're scrambling. I, I'll never be able to become rhetorical until I until I try to do a podcast. So at some point, maybe in a couple of years, I'll be as rhetorical as you at teaching somebody how to start a podcast. But right now, I'm not. Right now, I'm only a month into it, so I'm still very much in the grammar phase. Maybe a little bit in the in the dialectic phase, but I would argue still very much in the in the grammar phase. So I'll, I would never be rhetorical in in doing a podcast without doing the podcast, right? So. You know, part of that learning journey is at some point, whether it's the grammar phase, the dialectic phase, at some point you have to pull the trigger in starting your own business. That's the only way, like I could study, I could get a PhD in podcasting, but until I did it, I would not know as much about podcasting as Joe does, as you do, because, I, you know, yeah, I've got a PhD in it, but I've never, I've never had one before, right? You, you, you ha at some point as an entrepreneur, you have to pull the trigger and figure it out on your way. Yeah. And, you know, go, going back to the analogy, once you jump out of the airplane, you will start figuring out how to build that parachute really fast because now, now you know what's about to happen. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's no going back. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about to, um, if you're talking to somebody that's still in the military or you just got out recently, middle of the transition kind of thing, and they really want to start their own business or get into entrepreneurship, but you know, depending on where they're at in life, you know, they might be concerned about paying the bills or maybe I really just need to go get a job. Um, but they've always got the, they got this entrepreneurial passion inside of them that, you know, they're trying to figure out and try to how, how to act on it. What, what do you have to say to that? Great, great question, Joe. My my two cents is start your side hustle while you're still in the military and and see if you can start to be again go through those learning phases, get you know, get as much as you can in the grammar phase, learn the ABCs of whatever that business is that you're wanting to start, you know, learn from from other people that are already in that space, join communities, you know, websites, Facebook groups, podcasts, that kind of thing that are speaking the language that are already kind of in your space, in your industry while you're still in the military, because that's a real thing, right? Is obviously you, you got to still pay the bills. So build your side hustle while you're, while you're still in the military. Now, not at the expense of your military career, right? Cause you want to obviously give the best to your soldiers and that kind of thing. So you still want to be a professional mm -hmm. military, you know, soldier and stuff, but you, you know, we all have tons of free time that we waste, take some of that free time, Make it productive by by investing into your side hustle, and also make sure. I would also encourage you to, you know, maybe attend conferences, that kind of thing. Conferences within your industry, within your space, but also be be more intentional with budgeting and your finances because at some point you are going to want to have a buffer. You're going to want to have 
funds and resources that you have dedicated to being able to support your side hustle so that at some point, once you, you start generating enough income, you know, where maybe potentially, I, I, in best case scenario, you, your side hustle has gotten to a, a place where it has, it has you know, uh, broke even with your, with your, your military income, then obviously then it's an easy decision for you to just, you know, walk from your military career and, and, and slide into your, you know, your, your side hustle. Now your side hustle becomes your primary hustle. Um, but I, you know, but I don't recommend putting yourself in like getting out of the military and you haven't even started your side hustle yet without getting a job. Like you need seed money and a primary source of income while you are learning your side hustle because there's no pain like financial pain <laughs> right and so and so you know it's like fi- financial yeah. pain is like dental pain right I, i've got a pretty high pi- pain tolerance except when it comes to my teeth and my back right so <laughs> so it's the same thing with financial pain and it's just if you if you go about your side hustle wisely you don't have to be dumb about how you approach your side hustle and 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 are completely depleting all your resources. You want to be smart about how you go about it. Well said. Okay. Next question is: As you've built a number of different businesses, how have you been able to? Have you experienced the uh, the solo entrepreneur syndrome where you're trying to do everything yourself to save money, and you literally get to the point where you're you're working so much in in the business that you're not even able to work on the business anymore, and maybe how you've been able to overcome that with either hiring virtual assistants or the concept of bringing other people in and tasking things out and getting them off your plate so you can still be, you know, the big blue arrow guy? 100%. Excellent question, Joe. And absolutely dynamic that, that you know, every entrepreneur faces at some point in their journey because obviously as a startup, you know, again, being a part of multiple startups, over 10 startups, you know, you, you every person in the company, and, and, and again, if you're especially obviously you're a solopreneur, you are wearing, you are the operations guy. You are the customer service guy. You are the manager, right? You are the leader. You are the in, the creative side. You're so, so you are wearing five, 10 different hats at some point. And again, this is where proper budgeting comes into play is what are those things that only you can do that, that right in your business versus somebody else. And I tell you, you know, v, virtual assistants, uh, we just, in fact, we just, for our podcast, we just hired somebody on Fiverr, Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com to be a content curator for us. And so he, he, you know, we, we upload all the content he to Dropbox. He downloads it, edits it, does all the audio stuff, puts on the intro and the outro and takes it and uploads it to our podcast, EQ for Entrepreneurs, and also our, our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. And so, so all, so that uh, has allowed us to just focus on the creative side, which that's, you know, the other stuff, like I can edit, I can do all the editing stuff too. It just takes me a long time. It takes a lot of emotional energy out of me, which, which, which does, which now I don't have as much energy for my creative side. And, and obviously for, as an entrepreneur, as a, in the, in the, in the creation space and the content space, like you have to, you know, it, it, a lot of it is driven by your content. So you, I want to make sure that I'm the freshest and the most energy and bandwidth for the content creation side and, and having him take care of all that stuff has been an absolute game changer. So we may think, well, man, I can't, I can't hire this guy here. Here's the deal. Again, as long as you know, your finances, figure out what your budget is. 
and and maybe you you know maybe you only okay this guy this is the rate the going rate ten bucks an hour twenty bucks an hour whatever it is for your whatever it is services that you're trying to put off uh you know transition off of your plate and, and maybe only set you know just try it out for for an hour or two another huge recommendation that I got from another entrepreneur that was game changer when you're doing a search for executive assistants or other folks to help take stuff off of your plate like you find them on Fiverr Upwork wherever you you find them at. Do a video, do a zoom with them, do, do a, 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 you know, some sort of, and I like to do face to face just because I like to be able to see the nonverbals, that kind of thing. And you can really establish, okay, is this person legit? Do they have, do you guys have chemistry? Is this someone that I can see myself working with over the next, you know, three, six, 12 months to a year beyond? So th- that would be my two cents. That's, that's really been helpful for us. That's awesome. Hey, you didn't even know that Fiverr was a sponsor for my show, you know, currently at this time. So you totally, oh. totally, totally uh, backed up my, my Fiverr sponsor. And, uh, and I use Fiverr all the time. My, my wife uses Fiverr. I've used Fiverr for years. Um, and uh, I've never had a bad experience. I really haven't. Um, awesome. Always the quality of work I get back and the amount of money you pay just amazes me. The amount of talent that's out there. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the logo, the logo for my podcast, I had it for like five years. My first logo, I paid some, there was some guy that had been in the army. He, he, it was like 70 bucks. It was a, it's a phenomenal logo. It was great. Wow. Wow. That's um, awesome. So yeah, totally on board with the whole fiber thing. Um, well, um, unfortunately, Noble, we're about out of time. Uh, maybe I want to give you the last word. Uh, Somebody's out there, you know, struggling with the whole, you, you kind of cover this already, but you know, what would your last words be to you know, the military audience out there that's, that's new and budding and the entrepreneur wannabes uh, wanting to get in the fight? Listen, you got this, man. You <laughs> got this. You got what it takes. Listen, you don't like if, and when you get punched in the face, throw punch, whatever, it's part of the journey. You, you have it inside you, what we've learned in the military about operating in chaotic environments, about thinking, critical thinking, all that stuff. That is all entrepreneur gold. You absolutely have what it takes. The gifts that you've got that God's given you, hone those, refine those, understand that it's a process. Failure is not an event. It's, it's, it's a lesson. It's a tool. It's a professor to be, to be used in your journey. Learn from your mistakes learn from those around you, learn from those that are farther ahead uh, on the road than you are. But bottom line is you've got what it takes. You are a solution to somebody else's problems. That's awesome. Couldn't think of a better way to end it. So thanks, Noble. Phenomenal. I'm, I'm writing stuff down to Cyclic right here. Uh, great quotes, great, great uh, golden nuggets. So look forward to your future success. And maybe after you start your next company, we'll uh, have you back on the show, check, out, check back in with you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all that you do for all the veterans out there, all the entrepreneurs out there uh, with the gifts that you've got, man. I totally appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for your time. All right, you bet. All right, these two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.